Welcome to Bible Line Broadcast Network, a ministry of Calvary Community Church. Our podcast is dedicated to the clear teaching of God's Word. We aim to help people find Jesus Christ and train believers through the study of the Bible. We would love to feature your questions on the show. You can email us at questions at BibleLineMinistries.org. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to calvaryoftampa.org forward slash donate. Catch new episodes every Thursday. We pray today's episode is a blessing to you. All right, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 17 through 32 tonight. I know it's quite a bit, but we're not going to spend a lot of time on each verse, but there's just an idea here. If you have a Schofield Bible, it's on page 1253. And Schofield, he has notes and he has some section outlines that are, they're not inspired. Um, these are just Schofield's idea of how you can study the Bible better. There's, it, I think it's a great study Bible. There are some things in there that I, I, I don't agree with. I've read a lot of Schofield's notes. Most of them are pretty good. Some of them, not very good. They, they shouldn't be there. In fact, there's some in other Bibles that I have that are just crossed out. I just thought, nah. It was a good try, but we're, we're missing something here. But he, he really does a good job in the book of Ephesians of breaking down this new choice that we have as a believer. And if you look in the Schofield Bible there, right above verse 17, it says, the walk of the believer as a new man in Christ Jesus. And I like how he phrased that. I like that because I like new things. Every year, um, I like to add a watch to my collection. I'm not a big time, like I don't have a Rolex, I don't have any of that stuff, I got simple watches, but I like watches that look good or maybe they're not as uh, mainstream and, you know, watches that are comfortable. The watch I'm wearing now is the first one that my dad gave me as something that he handed down to me, and I love it. It's, it's not worth a lot, but to me, it, it, has some, it was new. And I like to collect one watch a year and just add it to my collection. My wife this year got me a watch box, which I was really thankful for. And it's got a little display on there, and I can see inside of it. But there's something about having a new option. Okay, We're living in a world right now where people are really trying to do something new this time of year. They're trying a new diet. They're trying a new mindset. They're trying a new way of life, maybe a new way to work, maybe a new language, whatever it may be. But a lot of people are looking for satisfaction in something that the world can offer them. And the world has things to offer them. A new way of life, uh, you know, you need a new partner, you need new people, all these different things. Where we have to make sure that we're ready to help people is introducing them to the new man, the new spirit nature that they can experience as a believer. And so when a person believes on the Lord Jesus Christ unto salvation, they're born again, as Jesus says to Nicodemus, you've got to be born of water and of spirit. And that spirit birth comes by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. People cannot walk in the new nature like we're going to talk about tonight if you have not trusted in Jesus Christ. We won't turn there, but in Romans chapter 3, you have a very vivid detail of all the things that man can do in the eyes of God. I've gotten into several discussions um, in the past month about this idea of 
you mean to tell me that if you've got a person over here that is, they say, a rapist and a murderer, and you've got a person over here that hasn't broken a lot of laws, they're not perfect, but they're pretty much a good person, that if the rapist and murderer puts their faith in Jesus Christ, they get to go to heaven, and if the somewhat good person who hasn't done those bad things does not believe on Jesus Christ, then they're going to hell. We take this for granted that we understand this. The world does not understand this, and I believe because it's not something that the world is supposed to understand. We are not judged by man's standards of what is good. We are judged by God's standard, which is, if you can imagine it, in the biggest type font in red letters, big red bold letters, perfection. It's with no sin. It's righteousness. And particularly God's righteousness. Okay, so that's the standard. So man, if he's just trying to reinvent himself over and over and over, he may wax more wise in the things of the world, and in the eyes of other men, this is a good man may be something that is said of him. But in the eyes of God, he falls short. And this is a dangerous place to be in, falling short. This is why what God did in sending his only begotten son is so crucial to you and I as a part of the life that we're living here. We have to make sure what have we done about that death that was offered to us through Jesus Christ. That sin payment, are we going to believe it or are we going to believe that we can do it on our own? Okay, There will come a time, I was reading in Revelation today, where people will stand before God at the great white throne judgment and they will be judged according to their works. And it's not a pretty picture. None of those people at the great white throne judgment, the last judgment that happens before we slip into the new heaven and new earth, everybody there at the great white throne judgment will be heading to hell because they did not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ unto salvation. So in order for us to understand what we're about to go into tonight, you have to be a believer. You have to be I mean, at some point in your life, you have to have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross for your sins, that he was buried and rose again three days later. That's the simple gospel message. That's what it is in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 through 4. That's why Paul says in Galatians, I marvel how you are so soon removed from the gospel that I preached to you. Yet, it's interesting that that gospel is the most least understood thing. I was listening to an interview of a pastor today. And he said, you know, his ministry is, I want people to live a life that's so good that people have to ask them why they're living a good life. It sounds good, but that's not how we win people, okay? I have been around people that I worked with, and they're great people. It's never once crossed my mind to ask them why they're so great. <laughs> I'm worried about myself. I'm worried about the things that I'm doing. And it is good to live a great life after you're saved. It's good to be disciplined, and God honors that. But don't let that be the only way you evangelize. Okay, Paul wasn't just strolling into cities, doing nice things for people, and then people asked him, why are you doing those things? He had a message. As a matter of fact, I was reading earlier today where it says, Paul's like, even though I was rude. He was a rude guy. He was probably a guy that people were not very excited to see when they first met him. Remember his reputation, too, persecuting the church, taking their wages, you know, throwing people in prison. 
But Paul was out there actively sharing his faith, okay? And so we need to be the same way. But that's getting off onto a further point. What about this new man? Well, I think Ephesians 4, 17 through 32, gives us a great insight with high HD definition binoculars as to what it is to walk in this newness of life. And that's exactly what it is. It is life. Before you trusted in Christ, you're just, you had no value in the eyes of the world. You had all the value in the eyes of God. He loved you and he gave his son for you, but you had nothing to do that was anything of use to God. All your works were as filthy rags. So now look here in Ephesians 4 and verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds. So these are all the lost people. Whether they're actively trying to serve God or whether they're living as if God is dead, they are, the end of verse 17, walking in the vanity of their own mind. We see today, excuse me, we see today how a lot of people are caught in the, the, the imaginations of their mind. I was reading in Job today, and it was interesting. One of the gentlemen's response was, I had an experience. There was a spirit that came over my face and made the hairs on my face stand up. That's not of God. He was putting his experience over what was true. Is that happening today? Well, that's happening all over the world. As a matter of fact, it's happening in a lot of Christian worship circles. People have an experience, and they put that experience over the word of God. It's, it's something that's created in their mind. Look at verse 18 having the understanding of their mind darkened, being alienated from the life of God. That's an important thing to mark. When you are lost, you're alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in you. Now, it says in them, but in application, the person that does not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ is alienated from life. And we see that in John 3. He that believeth is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. And who is that? That's Jesus Christ. Continue on. Through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. This answers the question of, what about people who have never heard? I believe that a person, if they die and they have not put their trust in Christ, they will have to give an account. I, I don't know how the gospel is reached to every individual. I know that if, if I want to make that something that is true, that I need to be out there sharing the gospel message. But I believe that there will not be one person that stands and says, God, you didn't tell me. I don't think that's going to happen. It says here, because of the blindness of their heart. You pair this up with other very clear passages like Romans 1, where it talks about how they have left God, they were not thankful they worship the creation instead of the creator. Look at the rest of verse, or look at verse 19. Who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Man left to his own devices will wax worse and worse and worse. If you started a, a, you know, a Bible through a year reading plan, you probably read Genesis 6. And you saw how God said the thoughts of man were, what, continually wicked. That's a, it, it's all the time. And I'll tell you why I think we're super close in the world is I see that. 
It's just, we're just continually wicked. Our world is just getting further and further away from God. And we're all connected too. Everybody is connected in some way. Verse 20, but ye have not so learned Christ. Here's the introduction, Christ, okay? He is the one that reunites us, that has given us life, has given us that righteousness of God. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the, circle that word, the truth is in Jesus, not an organized world religion, not the philosophies of man, not the vain and darkened imaginations of man that are alienated from the life of God. It's in Jesus Christ. To me, as a simple young man, that's freeing. I don't have to try and figure it out. It's done for me. I remember in my life wanting to know the truth about things. I look around the audience just to make sure, but I wanted to make sure that I knew the truth about Santa Claus, okay? I figured out by trial and error that, this, that that's not working. <laughs> Louis going, what? <laughs> the truth to life, and I'm not talking about the life that you live here, I'm talking about eternal life, being with God, is in His Son. Look what it says in verse 22. That ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man. If Paul is saying here that they need to put off that former behavior, the old man, that means that they're probably living in it. As a believer, as a person who has trusted in Christ, they're still living in that old man. It's like an old, dirty set of work clothes. You're putting them back on after you're clean. Why? They're dirty. They're of no value to you anymore. Look what he says in the rest of that verse. Which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be, there's another active word, renewed in the spirit of your mind, that ye put on the new man, which is after God. Okay, the old man is after the way of man, sinful nature. The new man is after God. And look at the rest of what it says there which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Okay, what that means is there was never a time where God's righteousness was not holy. It was always, it was truly holy, always set apart. Think of the angels when Isaiah saw and they said, holy, holy, holy. Okay, that, is, that has always been the status of God. He didn't attain that. He wasn't once unholy and then became holy. He is the eternal being, okay? The eternal Father with an eternal Son and the Holy Spirit. Those three in one. This is life through His Son, Jesus Christ. Continue on in verse 25. Wherefore, because of those things, put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, now, I remember when I was studying the Bible as a young teenager, I remember that there was something that I struggled with, which was just being honest. I had a problem with that. I had, had one-up-ism syndrome, which was if somebody told a story, you had to one-up it. And even though a little bit of it wasn't true, you were able to still get the best story amongst your friends. You know people like this. Maybe you yourself have been a person like this. 
But I remember, specifically when I got out of high school, reading this passage and saying, I'm just going to start by being honest. I'm just not going to lie. I'm not going to say things that aren't true. I'm not going to expound upon things that I don't know about and act like I know about them. I'm just going to be honest. Because it says right here, to put away lying. Lying must be of the flesh, of that old man. And you can pair it up with other things there, lasciviousness and uncleanness and greediness and all those different things, vanity of the mind. The rest of that verse says, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Now that doesn't mean that you are blatantly honest, or excuse me, bluntly honest. How are you doing today? And you just say something horrible. Or someone asks, how does this suit look on me? And you just be mean to him, you know? There's a way to treat each other kindly, and we can do those things through the Spirit. Continue in the verse 26. Be ye angry and sin not. Well, that's an interesting verse. Look, we all have natural reactions that happen to us. There are things that make us angry. There are things that make us unhappy. They make us sad. They may uh, you know, make us feel depressed, happy, whatever it may be. You've got to be careful that that anger doesn't lead to wrath, something that you're living in, something that you are now thinking poor thoughts about somebody else or a certain situation. That's the old man coming back up, and it's very strong. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. If you have an issue with somebody, go get it solved as soon as you can, preferably in the same day. Unfortunately, we let things brew, and they turn into very cold flames, and they're, they're grudges, and it's hard, and it's difficult. Don't let that happen. Letting those things develop is a sign of the flesh. And you still got the flesh, it's still with you. Walk in this new man. Verse 27, neither give place to the devil. When you're walking in the Spirit, you're naturally going to do things right. Now, I know that sounds like, well, you mean against my will? No, you're making a decision to walk in the Spirit. Couple that with Bible study, couple that with good fellowship and prayer and leading people to Christ, or at least sharing the gospel. You're going to be prompted of when you can make a decision, I believe there'll be a conviction and an opportunity to not make the wrong decision. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be perfect every time, but you can do it. You can walk in the flesh, because, excuse me, you can walk in the Spirit because you have a new spirit nature. A lot of people ask, they'll write an email, how do I know I'm walking in the flesh? Give me point, or excuse me, uh, how do I know I'm walking in the Spirit? Give me a point by point. And it, it's hard to do that. I think the best place to start is reading your Bible and studying it praying, and then sharing Christ with people. That's a great way to start as well. But if we let those things go and we say, well, I'm just going to start listening to Christian music, or I'm just going to start watching sermons on YouTube, those don't make you spiritual. I mean, they may be a part of your walk, but it's not your walk. There are, there are a list of things here that, that Paul goes through that we can start doing. But giving place to the devil is allowing areas of your life to be submitted to the flesh. Well, this is maybe it's an addiction. Well, this is just how I am. Okay, that, that's an excuse, and it's not a good place to live in because you're giving place to the devil. Verse 28, 
Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Now, I remember learning this as, well, that's swear words. Of course, it could be, but another form of corrupt communication is gossip and backbiting, and I think we do that a lot more than we swear. I was talking with a friend earlier this week, and he made made a great point. If I don't know the situation, it says to judge righteously, so I'm not going to speak on it. That's a good position to be in. That's a biblical position. We can expound upon what we think someone's thinking. Isn't that dangerous? Well, I think they're really thinking when you don't even know. And now the person that's listening to you has a false truth that now they may look at that other person and go, oh, he thinks X, Y, and Z, when that's just what you thought that he thought. Dangerous. Very dangerous. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. If you don't have anything to say, share Christ. If you don't have anything to say, offer prayer. Or just ask how a person is doing. But it's very easy to get in a corner somewhere and and talk smack about somebody or just be rude and discouraging and say things that are not true and frivolous. Be careful of that. That is not of the Spirit. That is of the flesh. I'm going to read 29 again so we can finish the rest of it. Let no corrupt uh, communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good. Don't let the corrupt communication proceed out. Let the good communication proceed out. To the use of what? Edifying. Even when you have a problem with someone, when you have a legitimate problem with somebody, communicate to them in a way that will build them up. Sometimes, and I've seen this with people, they, 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 they take on this righteous mantle idea, or excuse me, this, this righteous anger idea. And they say, man, I'm just so... I know I'm right. I've got Bible verses to prove it. And the next time I see so-and-so, I'm going to light them up because they are scripturally incorrect. There's a way to do things. And it's not calling down the wrath of God on someone so that you fry them to a crisp. It, you, you've got to build people up. If you want to be a problem solver, you want to make sure that you just don't eliminate the person. Because when's it, when is it going to be you <laughs> that is in the wrong? You want somebody to come to you and just absolutely destroy you and put you in your place and bring you to shame and embarrassment? Parents do this a lot with their kids. They're angry with their kids because they're angry with something about themselves or they just don't understand that kids are kids. They need loving discipline. There's a time that need, there needs to be physical correction and those times are apparent. I remember learning uh, uh, when Jan and Lucia were raising Jace and Micah. They're still raising Jace and Micah, but early on, they had a principle of, of spanking that just was not in my house. Look, when I got a spanking, I knew first off it's because my dad was angry, because I saw that, and that's how it came out. But with my nephews, it was more like when they did wrong, Lucia would say, when your dad gets home, This is going to be discipline. The discipline came later. But when Jan came home and talked to them, he sat them down and said, you know why you're about to get a spanking? And they knew. It wasn't because dad is angry. It was because they did wrong. And they have rarely had to spank their kids after that. I think that's a good model of communication that is good and edifying. There are always consequences. And sometimes you can't avoid the consequences. But let's not burn people with our idea of, ooh, we're doing them good. These are things about walking in the 
Spirit. Look at the rest of that verse. That may minister grace, getting what you do not deserve. Mercy. Aren't you glad that we were shown grace through Jesus Christ on the cross? Yes, I mean, I am. And it says, minister grace unto the hearers. So I think, too, the person that is hearing you and other people that may not be involved are hearing you makes a big impact. Verse 30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. The sad truth of this verse, there's a great truth of this verse in that we are sealed unto the day of redemption by that Holy Spirit. You can back that up with Ephesians 1, verses 13 through 14. The sad truth is here is that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can. By living an undisciplined life, that is full of walking in the flesh. You can grieve the Holy Spirit by not sharing our faith, by destroying our temples that we live in, as the body calls it, a temple for the Holy Ghost. We've been bought with a price, and we've abused this body with drugs or alcohol or just poor diet. And certainly by things that we do to one another, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. I have a principle in my life that if I have a problem with a believer, I want to talk to him. Okay, I want to talk to him. I don't want to talk about him. I want to talk to him. Because that is a fellow member in the body of Christ. And I would hate to do something that would cause him to walk away from the faith or be discouraged by something I said or did. That doesn't mean I'm walking on pins and needles, but I'm sensitive to that. Because I want to help people ultimately. And for those people that are out there in your life that are lost, and they have not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to love them to the Lord. You're, the, the gospel is not a rod of iron that you're trying to strike people down into unconscious submission. The gospel is a cloak. It is a robe of righteousness that you want to put around that individual. I'm not trying to beat him to death. I did it. Now they will trust. <laughs> Man, will, will they ever want to have that experience? given to somebody else? Look at the rest of verse 31. Let all, and these are things that you should look for in your life, and if you see them, try to start eradicating them. Bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Now, this is a good way to live. And you can only do this, remember, you can only do this if you have believed on Jesus Christ. See, it is way more than just eternal life, although that is the greatest thing. We still have time on earth where we can impact people. I love talking to people that you know, own businesses and they have good Christian principles because that's just so rare nowadays. Business and the, you know, the practice of somebody's faith, they're often separated. But you know, somebody like Michael Brown, who owns a cleaning company uh, for carpet, he is sharing Christ with people. He's in people's homes. He's doing them a favor by cleaning their carpets, and he does a great job. And while he's at it, he does something even better than the cleanest carpet you could ever have. He shares Christ with them. 
And some of those conversations, they're rough because people don't want to hear it. But most of them are good. But even the ones that don't turn out to go so well in the moment, all Michael did was take that soil, rake it up a little bit, and drop a seed. And then somebody else may come down two days later or two years later and water that seed. And then one day that person may end up believing on the Lord Jesus Christ because of all of those people were what? Found faithful to the gospel message. But when you're caught in the flesh, when it's all about me, 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 and how everything makes me feel and how I can react to everything, that's dangerous. You grieve the Holy Spirit and you're not walking in the Spirit at that point. I usually like to teach those four principles, the four talks, prayer, Bible study, church attendance, and soul winning. I see so many times good people, they're not, they, they, they only focus on two, maybe three of those areas. That's it. I've seen people that are great soul winners, but they don't pray, they don't read their Bible, and they don't go to church. And they have horrible reasons for it. I mean, just things in the Bible where I say, you're ignoring that. And I hear people say, that's not for me. I'm sorry, that's not an answer you can use. You can say that, but it doesn't make it true. I see people that are great prayer warriors, but they don't, they don't soul win. I see people that go to church all the time and read their Bibles, but they're not praying and they're not leading souls to Christ. That's why I like those four things, because it's something we can always work on. And there's established in Scripture those things that we can build. A weakness in my life that has just been worked on tremendously is prayer. I'm getting to the point now when someone asks me to pray for them, I, I pray for them right there on the spot. Not so you can be like, wow, look at Jesse, just praying right on the spot. Wow, golly, what a guy. What a Christian guy. No, that's not why. I want to make sure that I pray for that person because I know myself, I'll forget. And you know too. And maybe there's one of those areas that you're strong in. Build the other ones as you keep that one strong. We did, a, we did a lesson on prayer a couple of weeks ago. You can find that on our YouTube channel. I think it's very helpful to understand the power of prayer and why, we, why it's a great tool for us. And soul winning too. Now, remember, every time you go and try to lead somebody to Christ, they may not trust Christ in that moment, and that's okay. Now, it's not okay if they don't trust Christ because you weren't clear. Let's be clear. Always strive to be clear, but always be willing to give the gospel. And if you're shy and timid, that's what tracks are for. Those are some of the greatest tools that you can use. I understand that, being shy and timid, I get that. But don't let it be an opportunity to keep the track in your pocket. Give it out. Always have some on you. Always be willing to share that message. There's not a gift of the responsibility to share Christ. Okay, We've been entrusted with that. But if you do all these things, you'll be walking in the Spirit. And these things will begin to come naturally to you as you practice. But don't stop practicing. You've never arrived. There shouldn't be a week where you're like, I'm, I'm living in my flesh this week. I've been living in the Spirit so long, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on fleshly vacation. No, no, no. Let's not do, I don't think that's how that works. As a matter of fact, I know that's not how it works. Thank you for listening to today's episode. As a thank you to our listeners, we want to give away a free Bible every month this year. To enter, send us an email with your Bible question. Our email address is questions at bibleandministries.org. Be sure to subscribe to the show and check back each Thursday for new episodes. 
Until next time, keep looking up. Jesus is coming soon. Thank you.